0: Hey, this is Fonzie, and welcome to the Content is Profit podcast. Enough. You might be asking yourself, where is the other brother? Well, as I mentioned in the previous episode, my brother just had his second child let's go so make sure you go through social media and show him some love he's taking the week off to spend some time with the family and that is why we're bringing the hall of fame series and this one is episode number two and we're bringing back Todd Brown, the legendary marketer. And let me tell you, he came in episode 40. So he's actually one of the very first people that we interview on Content is Profit. I was so nervous during that conversation. I had the sweaty pits, I was calling him Mr. Todd. His beard was just like shiny and magnificent and I was like, Mr. Todd, how do I grow a beard like that? But regardless, this guy delivered. Again, he is an absolute legend. For those that are not familiar who Todd Brown is, he is a direct response marker with decades of experience he is the author of your big marketing idea and many other books and he is the best at engineering home run customer acquisition campaigns let me tell you if you want paid media funnels this is your guy but most importantly he's extremely proud of the students that he has in over 55 countries that is absolutely amazing and just so you know what we're going to be talking about in this conversation we we'll talk about obviously your one big marketing idea and how you can get one what 20 years of direct response space taught him why be different instead of being better how to find your unique mechanism and why you need one and the single most powerful way to grow your business so let me tell you if there is an episode to take notes this is the one I am so excited to bring back this episode it means a lot to us especially the message that he gave us at the end I still have that message saved on my phone and I listen to it when I'm on down days when I'm feeling a little bit down I listen to that message and it picks me back up so thank you so much Todd Brown we really appreciate you and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Yeah. We go. We've got
1: some. Hey, I'm Luis, and I'm Luis, you and you're listening to the before. Content Is Profit One, two, three, podcast. Listen. We spent the last four years learning the strategies
0: and techniques from some of the top markers in the world on how to create content that turns into
1: profit. If you'd like to learn more about how to turn your content into profit. Go to contentisprofit.com. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Guys, today we're going to chat with one of the brightest minds in the direct response marketing world. I'm so excited. Oh, my out. gosh. Before we get started, guys, please go ahead and subscribe to the Contents Profit Podcast. Hit smash that subscribe button and make sure to follow us on social media at Beast Bros. Go on Facebook and Instagram. We're always happy to connect and happy to have those content conversations.
0: That's right, guys. And if you find this episode impactful, which I am 100% sure that you will, don't forget to share it with others and leave a five-star review. Now, guys, I have a question for you. Have you ever been bored on Instagram swiping your life away? Of course you have, don't lie to me. Thank you, dopamine. Now, today's guest I discovered through one of those swiping sessions. His content wasn't only extremely educational, it was unique. The voice inside my mind said, could this be real? Is he one of the legendary marketers that the the direct
1: response marketing prophecy talks about? (laughs) After doing some digging, after being watching all of his content, reading his book, and after being retargeted like crazy, we knew today's case was someone that we could learn from for the rest of our lives. His superpower to engineer home-run customer acquisition campaigns. And his biggest achievement, one that makes him extremely proud, is the volume of entrepreneurs he has been able to help go from struggling to successful. Remarkable indeed.
0: That's right, guys. Please put your hands together and welcome Direct response marketing legend, the expert of experts, and best beard in the marketing world,
1: Mr. Todd Brown.
2: Welcome, Todd. Welcome to the show. (laughs) What's up, guys? I was wondering, with that kind of build-up and description, I was wondering if there was another guest on the show besides me. (laughs) I was excited to interact with this legend, and my gosh, you (laughs) built me up to be um, well more than what I really am, and your people are going to discover that very quickly.
1: Oh, (laughs) my gosh. Okay, that's fine. Uh, We'll take him on this roller coaster. I think you're being way too nice right now.
0: (laughs) You have been an incredible source of inspiration honestly on everything that w- that we've done so it's, it's an honor to have you here
2: well it's an honor to be here and i i so appreciate you guys sharing that and so thank you
1: Awesome, all right. Well, let's get this show on the road. So t- tell us a little bit, you know, maybe some of our audience is not so familiar, you know, with what you do, right? So we, we've been like discovering this journey, we're bridging the gap between people that are starting with entrepreneurship, starting with content, has a ton of questions, right? About how to get this thing started and how to turn it into actual profit for their business, right? So maybe just a little bit of backstory, you know, where you come from, how this everything started, you know, with you and direct response.
2: Yeah, so, uh, I've been in the direct response marketing world for almost two decades. So almost 20 years. Uh, I was born and raised in New Jersey uh, after I went to college for, believe it or not, for clinical nutrition. Oh, I ended wow. up going to work for a company that owned uh, some beautiful health clubs in New Jersey. And while I was there working for the, this health club company, I got a, a direct mail piece uh, in the mail, uh, that was offering a, a marketing program, a marketing training for fitness professionals. Uh, it was a long form, uh, marketing piece, which I had never seen before. I knew nothing at the time about direct response. I thought, you know, marketing was advertising, advertising was marketing, all the same thing. Uh, I ended up buying this, this kit, uh, used what it is that I learned in this kit to grow my department at that health Mm. club company to, uh, to a couple million dollars a year. And, uh, and the rest is history. And then I went on and started sharing, uh, what it is that I had learned and done with massage therapists and chiropractors. And then of course, more mainstream coaches, consultants, authors, experts, that sort of thing. Uh, and it's been a crazy ride and uh, and a lot of fun and transformational, man.
0: That That is absolutely <laughs> fantastic. I, I got to say, you know, like, I had no idea that your background was that one. <laughs> Honestly, I, I thought you were born oh, a marketer. <laughs>
1: born a marketer, yeah. Oh,
2: <laughs> I am so not. I think, look, man, you know, and that's why, you know, I've got this heart for uh, really teaching and sharing what is effective marketing because I knew nothing about marketing. I'm not, I don't like sales. So I'm not a salesperson. I don't like selling. Uh, I'm not good at it. Uh, I was never, uh, really, uh, excited by advertising, but yeah. when I learned, you know, marketing and, and how you can, You, you can educate your prospects in a way that leads them to want your product or service that much more value it that much more. I fell in love with it. And, uh, and so, yeah, man, no, my background is not at all. Like I learned it just like, and that's the beauty, right? That this is a learned skill. Anybody can learn and develop this skill. It is a learned skill. It's not a talent.
1: Absolutely. And you know, we we come from the brick and mortar background. You know, we we worked in the fitness industry for quite a while, not as long as you you did obviously, but you know, the same thing. Like we we talk with these all business owners and uh some are willing to go out and learn these new things, right? Or What's happening and test things out. Others are not so willing. You know, they ask for help and they're like, okay, that's it. You know, that's not what I want to hear, you know, uh, next, right? And it's like, and, and we've seen that gap, you know, here and there. So it's beautiful that you went out and, uh, and applied immediately what you were learning and got all these results. And now that passion got developed to help other people to the point that you have now students in 55 countries, you know, thousands even, and you have amazing programs that help people get to the next level. Yeah. You know, I see that. I think even more than a marketer, you're an
0: educator, Mm. right? I think you love to share your passion with others, just like you said, and see like see them succeed. And that's what an educator is. Right. And you mentioned effective marketing and Mm. I love this because Actually, one of the first pieces of content that I saw from you that like blew my mind because I had never seen anything like that was you compared, like, you were talking about these really all direct response marketing campaigns. Um, that I don't know <laughs> where you got them from, yeah. and you were explaining, you know, like why they were being so efficient. In my mind, I was like, wow, again, like the intro said, this is so unique, right? And I know I, I, I make specific, um, I make sure I'm saying that we unique because you mentioned it in your book a lot and we're probably gonna get into that. Um, but I was like, that is so interesting, mm. the way you're portraying this, the way you are teaching me about all this stuff. I thought I le- learned so much from that. So, you know, how, how someone develops that skill of being unique through, you know, 20 years, almost 20 years in the direct response marketing world.
2: I mean, look, you know, I think a couple things. Number one, uh, I was never afraid to take action. Like I was never afraid of failing. I, I you know, I, I recognize that, look, man, you know, you can learn, you can study, you can read, you can watch, but the real growth occurs from the doing when you implement and execute. Yeah. And so I was never afraid of like executing and having it not work, I knew that I would learn from it and I would figure it out. And if other people were able to do it before me, then it was only a matter of time for me uh, to figure out how to do the same thing. And so, number one, I was an action taker. I, you know, and to this very day, when I learn something or when I hear something that I believe can be effective, my aim is to implement it as quickly as possible. Not to wait until I've mastered it, not to wait until I, I have all the answers, not to wait until um, I've got this perfect picture, but to implement it as quickly as I can, because I know that the growth occurs from the, the yeah. implementation, the tweaking and, and, and so on. The other thing is that like look, you know, the the second thing that I would say is is this. You do have to be a student of of people. You have to be a student of marketing. You mm-hmm. have to pay attention to what moves people to take action, what moves people to buy. Uh you have to ask yourself questions why do why do some products resonate and other products don't what is it about what they're saying communicating you know so you have to be a student of the um of the game and the third thing that I would say is you really have to recognize that one of the keys with marketing a huge key um is that people want to know what's different they yeah. wanna know what's different about your approach, about your product, about your service, right? They they wanna know what is different, what's different about how your product or service works. Today, more so than ever before, because there is so much information yeah. slammed at people, they wanna know what makes this different. And th- and that's one of the very first things that you have to learn how to communicate.
1: Yeah, I, I love it. I mean, you mentioned there, I think on the second point, you, you were very specific saying, what are they thinking? You know, what do they think? What they? I'm assuming as a customer, right? The the people that are learning from you or buying from you, and I think a big block that we even had that at the very beginning is like people tend to create these whole beautiful things in their own eyes, right? And then they they put it out there, and sometimes they might not grab any any traction whatsoever, right? So yeah, what could you say to somebody that ha- thinks they have a very successful Thing right, and then they put it out there. They put some money behind, and then they discover it flops. Right? Yeah. What would you say to yeah, that? Yeah, num- to- number
2: one. Yeah, number one. You're not alone. That happens all <laughs> the time. It's one of the most common problems or issues in, uh, in the entrepreneurial world. Mm. And that's because people make the mistake of starting with what they care about, what they like, what intrigues them, what mm. interests them. And then, and they automatically figure that, well, if it interests me, if it's intriguing to me, then there's going to be a whole bunch of other people out there that Mm -hmm. feel the same way. And that's not always the case. In fact, more often than not, that's, that's not the case. Everything, when it comes to business, when it comes to marketing, everything begins with the audience. It begins with, right. It's, it's why I'm, I'm a big believer in being a student of markets much more than a student of products, right? Because the the everything should begin with the audience with the the tribe, with prospects, what do they care about? What do, what, what are they fascinated with? What do they want? What don't they want? What are they afraid of? What do they love? What do they dislike? Right? What, what, what don't they want? Everything stems from them. You design all of your products, all of your services, all of your offers based on what the market that you are serving is, or going to serve is interested in totally aside from what you like, what you care about, or what you want, what you, what you think about means nothing, nothing.
0: Oh, I, I love a- that. I, 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 I really hope people yeah. that are watching this or listening to this right now, you guys are taking note because mm. this is absolutely amazing. There's so many points you mentioned there. I'm like, I want to touch all these points, but I think I have to pick my questions, right? <laughs> and first, that, that's like Ryan Holiday, right? Ego is the enemy. Mm. You, that's what I keep listening when you're saying this, right? Like, stop thinking about what you, you, you like. Because at yeah. the end of the day, you got to be a student of the market, right? And I think that is a fantastic uh, topic to cover. But I want to discuss the different. What you were talking about, you got to ask yourself, what, how can I be different? What mm. makes me different? Because I think like, a lot of people get caught up on the better, right? Like, how can I be better? What, why is it important to be different instead of better?
2: Yeah, that's a great question, man. Number one, uh, better doesn't always get attention. Different does. Right. Mm So your people won't know that you are better until they're a buyer, until they're a customer, a client. Right. Like until they're actually using your thing and they're comparing it to somebody else's thing. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, Better is also subjective. Right. So like better, you know, better based on what better based on. Whose opinion? Because yeah. you might think one thing is better. Somebody else might think something else is is um, is better. The other thing is that um, the market prospects today—they expect you to say that you're better, right? You're you're a marketer. You're a salesperson. You're you're an entrepreneur. You got a product that, in their eyes, you're peddling. You're trying to convince them to buy. And so, of course, you're going to say that yours is the best. Of course, you're going to say it is it is better. The reality is that today, what your prospects, what your market wants to know is they want to know what makes your product or service different. And most specifically, and this is important. And so I want you guys to, to listen to me. I want your audience to listen to me here. We're here. We that are here. There was a, there, yeah, I know you guys are. I love it. I love it. There was a time and a place years ago where differentiation, differentiating, uh, yourself, your company, your business was all about what makes you different. It was maybe what's your educational background. How long have you been in business? How many customers or clients have you served? Uh, right. That was critical today. That's far less important to the audience though those aspects of differentiation are far less important because today we've got a global economy thanks to the internet and so now i can access tons and tons of different people right what they do want to know today from a differentiation standpoint um is they want to know how does your product or service give me the result, give me the outcome, give me the transformation differently yeah. from everything else being offered? In other words, how does your pro- how is your product or service different in the way that it works to produce the result you're promising me I'm gonna experience when I pay you for your product or service? And that's another point, just as a side note, that yeah. is critical for everybody to grasp, The only reason why people want your product or service is because of the result, the change, the outcome, the transformation that it's gonna give them. Nobody buys a product or service because they want a product or service. They want the result of that product or service. They want the Mm. benefit of that product or service. They want what they think that product or service is gonna give them and what they wanna know, which will make them pay attention is, okay, so you're promising me it's gonna do X, Y, Z. Well, how does your product or service work different from every other product? product or service that's also promising me xyz yeah make sense uh, that, yeah that no ma- totally. total
1: sense i'm like right here because <laughs> just listen to that that is a hundred thousand dollar piece of advice in, in, in this thing because yep. it's a massive shortcut right because if we don't Im- we don't implement that way of thinking all you're gonna do is you're gonna try team and and, and fail try and fail which is okay at some point but please if you're listening Take advantage of this piece of advice because it's so important. It's gonna position not just yourself or your business, but your mind to be in a place where you can implement very effectively towards your marketing.
0: Yeah, Yeah. um, I'm mind blown at this point already, you know, pretty (laughs) early in the conversation. Uh, But I have a question for you, you know, like I get, so for these people that Mm. are asking themselves now, okay, but like, how can I be different, right? And I remember seeing a very specific piece of content where you were talking about, you know, these three ways that people can find uh, to be different themselves. So would you mind, I don't know if there's any more, would you mind explaining some of those ways or like how people can find their different?
2: Yeah, so we look, the, the, our go-to strategy, the strategy that, that you guys are familiar with that we teach our, uh, our students is what we call the unique mechanism. And every, let me take a step back. Every product and service has what's called a mechanism. The mechanism is how the product or service works to deliver the result, right? Uh, The only products that I guess you could say don't have a mechanism are ones that don't produce a result that are just (laughs) crap, really. but every other product or service that delivers a result has some sort of mechanism, whether it's a piece of software and and what what produces the result of that software is an algorithm, you know, a formula, whether it's a vitamin supplement and the combination of nutrients are the mechanism, that's what lowers the cholesterol or whatever, there's a mechanism behind every product, right? That mechanism is how does that product or service work to deliver the result, to deliver the benefit? So what we look for is what's called a unique mechanism, right? How does your product or service uniquely work to deliver the the result? And there are three different types of unique mechanisms that any product or service can have. Number one is if your product or service is truly built on a a, a foundational unique mechanism, meaning there is a unique algorithm behind your software, yeah. there is a unique recipe behind your 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 pasta sauce, there is a unique bodywork method behind your massage therapy, there is a unique formulation behind your supplement, etc. Right? That's yeah. a, that's what we call a real mechanism. Uh, then we've got what's called an unspoken mechanism and an unspoken mechanism is when there is a part or or, or aspect of your product or service that is responsible for why it works, um, and your competitors, one or more competitors also have that same aspect or part in their product or service, but they're not talking about it. They never talk about it to the public. And so that can become what we call an unspoken mechanism. It only has to be unique to the market, to the audience. It doesn't necessarily have to be unique amongst competitors. It just has to be unique in the eyes of the market. And so if you're Mm. the only one that's talking about it and and your competitors also have it in their product or service, but they're not talking about it, that's what we call an unspoken mechanism. Mm. And then we've got the third type, which is really it's it is a, a, a transubstantiated mechanism. That's a term taken from Roman Catholicism, uh, and it's this idea of turning the ordinary into the extraordinary. So it's it's taking your the, the the process that you teach people. Let's say, for example, for turning their content into profit, and it's looking at that system, that that process, that the, the, those series of steps. And it's, it's looking at it, and it's naming it. And it's giving your process, your system, your framework a name. And then that name, that process, that system, that framework becomes your unique mechanism. It becomes the reason why your your methodology produces the result that it does. Yeah. And so it's simply a matter of taking the time to look at your product or service and to ask yourself questions about how does it work? Why does it work? Why don't, like if, you, if you're if you in the coaching, consulting expert business, why do we teach this first, this second, this third? Why do we have our people do this, 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 then this and not in a different order? Yeah. And then it's it's taking that and it's giving it a unique name.
0: Oh, yeah, I think we- uh, Yeah, we, we lost your feed here your the camera i don't know why the screen went black but that was amazing i i love obviously all three of those again we we saw them here in the book um guys please go check out the book you must it's amazing but i love specifically two things that you said the unique in the eyes of the audience i think that is a term that people like again it's kind of like what we were talking before right people focus on what they like oh if i like this pro this product I'm going to keep it. I'm just going to use this, right? Like other people might use it as well. But when you think about your audience being a student of the market, right, that you were talking about, I think that is absolutely fantastic. And then the other one, I don't think I can can quite pronounce it, uh, the third type of unique mechanism. But if I'm being honest, a lot of our business is based on that unique mechanism right there. And I remember when when I read your book, I sat there and I was like, how like how can I make content a unique mechanism, right? Because so many people, of course, like they work with content. And I was like, wow, well, if you look at it, the unique mechanism is that the content can be turned into a digital currency. Yes, Like people are using content, literally, you know, kind of like I'm exchanging this value for eventually your business. And when I realized that because of the pretty much because of this concept that you taught in the book i was like wow my mind was blown and immediately i started talking to people when i was talking about content and about delivering their assets i was like we come up with uh, digital currency from your podcast and immediately their mind was like wow like digital currency like what is that and it was a whole new level of conversation because now they were they were curious, right? I think that unique mechanism helps spark curiosity on yeah. people. Yeah, I,
2: I
1: think that was- Yeah, a ma- you
2: gotta, let me, let me say this. Yeah, right? go ahead. You so gotta I- recognize this, right? Everybody, right? You've gotta recognize this, that, you know, that everybody that's selling marketing, selling, advertising is making, presenting to the market promises, promises of what it is that they can do, right? They're claiming that their product will do this, will do this, will do this, will do this. Will do this, will do this. And so the reality is that if you come along and you say, I, I I can also give you top Google rankings or I can also help you do XYZ, I can help you lose weight, I can help you have a, a, a great retirement, I, right? All these things that other people are promising, what they wanna know is, all right, I've heard that before, mm-hmm. right? I've heard that, I've been slammed with all yeah. these promises. Tell me why you, why yours, give me it, right? And if you, if you end up like, look, if you end up, saying like, I'm gonna teach you how to do search engine optimization. Well, I could learn search engine optimization all over the place. There are blog posts, there are videos, there are books. I could go anywhere. So why should I listen to you? Why you? And what they're really asking, what they really wanna know is, What is? Tell me what makes your method different, because what I want to know is why should I be excited about your method, right? So if you said, right, I'm going to show you how to get top Google rankings because our method does X, Y, Z for you, and no other method does that, and that is more critical today than ever before, now you've given your prospect hope hope that maybe mm. this time right they will have the results but what a lot of entrepreneurs and marketers try to do what they try to do is they end up they they have a product they have a service and their advertising their their marketing is just sc- screaming loud promises yeah they're using hypier language they're using <laughs> hype and hyperbole and they're writing they're writing copy and they're just trying to scream a louder promise and today's prospect they've heard it They've seen it. They don't. They they've heard it. You know what they say? Yeah, right. Sure.
1: <laughs> yeah. Sure.
2: Man. Yeah. Okay. Uh, sure. I believe you. <laughs> right. And and the and marketers and entrepreneurs, they've got this weird. It's weird, especially new new entrepreneurs, new marketers, people yeah. that don't understand what it really takes to move somebody to whip out their wallet and and pay you over the internet. They think that just because they say it on their website. Just because they, they said this product is great, that people are like, ah, must be great. He said it was great, so I guess it's great. No, yeah. man, no. Most people are like, yeah, sure. Right, <laughs> I've heard it, I've seen it. So they're, what they're saying to you is, prove to me. Show me why this is different and prove it to me. Yeah. And if you can't do that, then all you're doing is just screaming louder promises or loud promises and hoping that they work.
1: Yeah, I I, I love it. And I, and I first, let me say this i love your energy when it comes to talk about this yeah you're so pumped up and you know for those listening please go watch the video you know because it's amazing to see like just the passion comes out like out of the screen but (laughs) and and, you know you mentioned a couple things here right uh people like tend to focus on the copy the little elements like should we make this long short whatever like what are we saying right and and you talk about in your book about simplicity, you know, the importance of, of, of simplicity. Can you can you dive in a little bit in the here and how yeah, yeah. how you can mix that big marketing idea with, you know, the the results, your unique mechanism and simplicity?
2: Yeah, man. So I love the fact that you you know, I love the fact that you enjoyed the book. Thank you so much for <laughs> you know, I love it, right? Because it's near and dear to my heart, because the the story that I tell in the beginning of the book went down exactly like I told it in that in the book. <laughs> And this is worth sharing with everybody that, you know, like, so, you know, this guy, Mark Ford, who's one of the greatest direct response marketers, you want to talk about a legit legend, forget that guy is a legit (laughs) legend in the world of, of direct response. And... He is the guy, he's the mastermind behind, you know, a $1.5 billion direct response-driven company, Agora. Yeah. And I asked him one day. I said to him, I said, Mark, how have you been able to help this company grow from, you know, 10 million to 1.5 billion? You know, or okay. at, at the time it wasn't 1.5 billion yet. It is um, today. And I thought he was gonna tell me, you know, great copy or the size of our budget or the size of our email list or or something like that but that is not at all what he said what he said he looked at me and he said something that forever changed my course as an entrepreneur as a marketer he looked at me and he said he said todd he said the, the, the thing that changed everything for us was very early on we realized that we are in the idea business We are in the business of generating and developing and disseminating interesting, unique, compelling ideas, ideas that cut through the noise, ideas that are different, ideas that resonate deeply with people on an emotional and an intellectual level, ideas that captivate attention. And so that is, you know, that is, you know, part of a big part of obviously uh, the book that you read. Um, and. The thing to recognize is that behind every marketing campaign behind every marketing message, behind every advertisement, behind every email, behind every blog post, behind every video sales letter is an idea. That idea could be run of the mill, plain vanilla, right? Like how to, how to grow big tomatoes, ah, ordinary (laughs) idea, heard it before, seen it before blog posts about it, videos about it, books about it, pamphlets about it, you name it, right? Nothing new, or it could be a big marketing idea. It could be new, unique, different, fresh, timely. It can be something that makes somebody say, whoa, this feels like news. Like it it can be an idea that makes them say, "Why why haven't I heard this before? And and right and there's you know obviously a lot to yeah. it, it's in that book, but one of the things that makes up a a big a big idea, a big marketing idea, and we're not talking about a big idea like a product. We're not talking about yeah. you inventing the next iPhone or or you know or sending a, a rocket to space or we're talking <laughs> about the idea behind your marketing campaign. That part of being a big marketing idea is that it's simple. It's immediately understandable. It's It's an idea that your prospects can immediately grasp. They don't have to read on to find out what you're talking about or watch the rest of your video or listen to the rest, they get it right away. It hits them right away, it's instantly accessible. And that part of that is that it is a simple idea. It's not complex, it's not composed of many ideas, it is just a simple idea, simple where you get it right when you hear
1: it. Yeah, I think that the example that you gave in the book is that so you compared a couple of them and then it's a four hour work week, But yeah. you know. So it's that, that incredible, like that just puts a picture in your head, right? It's like, oh man, if I'm that ideal audience, if I'm looking for that problem, you know, it just puts that picture in there and I'm, I'm gonna consume either that content, that book, you know, buy the product and, and find out a little bit more.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I I mean, you can't even tell that that book is probably one of the most famous books for entrepreneurs that are starting, right? Because usually people that are coming into entrepreneurship, they're like, I don't want to work my nine to five. They see (laughs) a book called a four hour work week. Let's go get it. Right. Um, Well, also,
2: you know, what for what it's worth, you know, and you learn this in the book, you know, big marketing ideas have that they exist within a time and space. Right. A big marketing idea a year ago isn't necessarily a big marketing idea today. Why? Because, again, big marketing ideas are new, unique, different, fresh, timely. And so something that was new, unique, different, fresh, timely a year ago might not be new, unique, different, fresh, timely today. The idea of the four hour work week or work, you know, part time, whatever, that's nothing now it's in, it's a fairly ordinary run of the mill idea. Back Mm. then when Tim Ferriss launched that book, it was new, unique, different, fresh, timely. And as I explain in the, you know, in the, in the book, you know, that the the the, at the core of that book is the idea of outsourcing right but Mm -hmm. he didn't say how to outsource your business (laughs) because that was already being said right that was ordinary back then yeah and so he came up with well what's a different way what's a different unique perspective what's a different unique way to talk about getting freed from your business through saying well let's call it the four-hour work week
0: boom
1: (laughs) boom explosion
0: wow yeah no that's amazing i love that especially the the power of simple that you're talking about right now cuz honestly i think that's a concept that we were introduced not too long ago in our business hey we 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 struggled for a while huh? for like 3 4 years like almost 4 years almost you four know years, yeah. they, trying to find our own big idea right yeah. and we just we were just jumping from one thing to the other that shiny object syndrome that a lot of people have We were hooked on that instant gratification. What is the thing that is going to give us the best result in the shortest amount of time? We didn't have, I don't think we had that concept of consistency. Let's work hard for it, right? So when you find this this big idea, right? Like I want to people that are watching and listening, how consistent you need to be with this big marketing idea for it to work, right?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, look, you build your entire you build your entire campaign, an entire campaign around the idea. The Mm -hmm. way to think about it is, right, is you've developed an idea that the market is going to look at as new, unique, different, fresh, exciting, compelling, intellectually interesting, and, and and emotionally compelling. And now you're bringing that idea to the market, and through that idea, you're presenting your marketing marketing message, yeah. right? And so it becomes the foundation of your of your campaign. It's not like just some idea that we're going to run in an ad, and then we bring them over to a web page, and there's no congruence between the ad and the and the campaign. <laughs> People are going to bounce. The moment yeah. that that happens, I see that all the time from, uh, from new students who come in. And so you've got to recognize what, you know, the way to think about this is like this. Number one, one of the best things that you can do for yourself is put time on your calendar at least once a week, if not a couple times a week, for about um, a half hour. Sit down with nothing more than a yellow legal pad and a pen and ask yourself, sit there and, and just ask yourself, what ideas, what topics, that uh, 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 could I present to the marketplace that would drive them wild, that would mm. make them like that would grab their attention and make them immediately stand up and say like, whoa, what is this, right? And, and it's gonna take a lot of brainstorming, a lot of ideas to find the seed of, of a uh, of a big idea. What you're looking for is you're looking for an idea that you can then build a marketing campaign around that um, that will grab the market's attention. Yeah. And it begins with a great idea. It doesn't begin with sitting down and writing copy or writing a headline or it begins with the idea, because if you don't have a good idea, you're going to struggle to write copy because you're going to try to. You're, it's like if you have an ordinary plain vanilla idea, the only way that you can make it sound exciting is if you use all kind of puffery and, and, and flowery <laughs> language and you use exaggeration, right? Because Why? Because you're talking yeah. about an ordinary idea. Yeah. So how do you make it sound great? You use great language. But when you've got a great idea, your job is easy because you don't have to puff it up. You just present a great idea. You just say, like, look, here's the, the great idea. Like, here yeah. it is. Yeah. And uh, and really, it, it, it changes the game because it makes everything else so much easier from a marketing perspective.
0: Yeah. So, so I have a, a question here, right? Because before we were talking about, again... People saying, yeah, yeah, my product, my thing, and then they put it out there and it fails, and they're like, oh no, and they get all sad, right? And now we're talking about spending at least one hour a week sitting down and say and coming coming up with ideas that I can present to the marketplace so they can go wild, right? Yeah. So someone might be saying right now, okay, but like, isn't that if I'm sitting down, am I just talking to myself? Like, what do I like? What what does how yeah. how do they test that? How do they know when they find that big idea
2: yeah that's a great question so let's set the stage set the context a little bit and recognize that you can only sit down and start to think of what would drive the market wild if you are being a student of the market mm-hmm. right so in other words if you're paying attention to what are people talking about what are the topics that are trending up in popularity which ones are trending down what are people commenting on what are the posts that people are really uh getting uh, enamored with that they're 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 talking about what are the things that the market is now considered considers old what's the products out there in the marketplace that people are buying what are the products that people are no longer buying what is the market saying as they're talking, uh, uh, what do they think is, is kind of new hat? What do they think is old hat? Right. So I'm a student of the market. And so I'm constantly looking at, at those kind of things. And then I'm taking those kind of things and I'm bringing them with me yeah. into my thinking time and based on what it is that I've seen and studied and, and, and I'm aware of. And that's ongoing. Right. What do I think the market would respond to based yeah. on that? Not based on me. Not based, yeah. There's a lot of things I'd love to talk about. There's a lot of things <laughs> I'd love to write that I'd, I, I, I'm I smart enough to know that very few people care about the things <laughs> that, you know, that I care about. Um, and so you have to, have to, have to keep your finger on the pulse of um, of the market by being a student of the market, a student of the people, a student of your audience. And then you use that and you, uh, uh, and now you're, you are kind of, you're making some you're making educated decisions yeah. about the ideas that you believe. Now look, here's the reality. The reality is this that uh, the best marketers in the world, some of the best marketers in the world, the majority of their ideas that they think are good don't turn out to be home runs. That's the nature of the beast. The beauty in this world, right? As crazy as it sounds is you know the 80-20 principle, the Pareto principle, yep, yep. right, which set right? Well, in this world, all if you have uh, if you have, uh, you know, if you bomb six, seven out of 10 times, but you hit uh, you do really well, three, four out of every 10 times, you will be extraordinarily wealthy. In this business, right, with a th- with three, just like in baseball, how like a, a, a you know a three hundred batting average, a three fifty batting average, you, you get you're getting into the Hall of Fame. And same thing in direct response. So you could bomb six out of ten times, but if you you do well with four mm-hmm. out of ten ideas, you'll be you'll be insanely wealthy.
1: Yeah, I love it. I want to like bring this like to the to the listeners as far as like. The big idea and how to test it. I think content has been that vehicle for us. Like yep. yeah. uh taught like sixty days ago we had no podcast. Like we had no, like no platform, right? And it's like we we follow Russell, and I know that you guys are, are really good friends, and we're like, okay, do what Russell yep. says, right? And Steve Larson, all these people, <laughs> right? We're like, okay, this is the time in coronavirus to transition into publishing. And you know, we started doing it very often. We do three shows a week, live for a reason. We gotta wanna get it out there, right? And and through this process, we've discovered what you just said, like, hey, you're gonna sit down and do it right so you know we, we took it where we sit down we write these ideas we test them out and then we, we see the audience feedback and then we come back and we implement right and, it, and it's just a constant thing and I think we found on, on this show on this platform a really fun way to do it right but to the core is exactly what you were saying like you gotta sit down and put in the work yeah, to make action. sure to take action and see what are those ideas those, those headlines and Prince EA was actually talking about this on Funnel Hacking Life, where he starts all his videos with the title Right. And it's kind of like each of these titles, he treats them as a big idea and he attributes a lot of the success of like his millions of views to that one title. Just like you say, with the big idea. So,
0: yeah, I want to compliment what you said here a little bit with people, you know, because they might be thinking, oh, so I have to change my product a lot of times. Right. Like when I go back to the paper Mm. and this is my perspective, I don't like is no. Right. Like that's what you get. The unique mechanisms. Right. You have your one product. But there's some like there are unique ways that you can present it, right? Again, we've been dealing with this content for a while now, and we couldn't make it work. And we finally develop our own process, right? The macro to micro, the M to M, we call it. That when we present it to people, now they're like, "Wow, what is that? Like, the, is that curiosity?" And it it came because trial and error, trial and error. And like you were saying, we were listening to what people wanted. We were opening up. We left our ego way far back <laughs> and we took feedback, you know? And some of those hurt, but at the same it, time, it they, they help. It. Yeah, like you said, being a student of the market. Uh, I love that term, yeah. student of the market.
2: I think you look, I think you guys are spot on. What you both said is, is absolutely spot on. Number one, I think that you guys have a, you know, you you guys will continue to grow your platform and that platform is an amazing opportunity for you to put ideas out there and see which ones resonate most. Right? Like, and so whether it is your titles and you're seeing how many downloads you're getting from different, for for different titles, whether it is when you're on, you know, Facebook live and you're taking comments and you're seeing which ideas resonate and you know, like, look, you, you, the beauty is with a show like this, you get to have a conversation with the market. (laughs) And so through that conversation, you get to, to learn. And that's a, that's a beautiful thing. And so certainly, you know, recognize the, the opportunity that you guys have to learn more about the people that you are, are serving. The other thing is uh, is that the beauty is with, with something like The Big Idea is that it gives you a way to market the same product long term without being repetitious because you mm. can develop a new big idea for the same exact product. You don't yeah. have to change the mechanism. You don't have to change the product, mm. but the big idea gives you a different way to get the marketplace's attention and then ultimately lead them to talk about your unique mechanism and your in your product. And so yeah. you've got in, an infinite number of ways to enter the conversation going on in your market's mind, right, to leverage what it is that's top of mind for them, what's most important, and then lead them to talk about your product or service when that idea is no longer a big idea whether it takes six months 10 months 12 months or three weeks or whatever it is right because yeah. every market is different well then you've got the ability to come up with a new idea to talk about the same the same product right there's an infinite number of ways to talk yeah. about and you know to talk about uh, a product or service or wow. a mechanism yeah
1: I love it, Tom. Thank you so much. That was, yeah, that was like a, a golden nugget right there for everybody Not just listening. a nugget, like a full mountain that just like <laughs> fell over. But um, Yeah, so I want to transition a little bit because um, I was listening to your podcast last night, and on your last episode, you talk about the front end and the back end and how we should approach, right? Uh, we obviously deal with a lot of organic, but also pay is very important, Is that fuel that goes in, and I know that you're big on it. And and you have a unique way to approach like that type of investment right uh, and and so I, I want you to kind of explain to the audience like what's your take on paid ads and you know if if I'm paying 50 bucks to acquire a50 you know uh, customer is that a good thing or is that a bad thing
2: yeah man I love this question <laughs> I'll tell you this num- number one right every the biggest the biggest direct response driven companies all rely heavily on media buying, on paid traffic. Mm -hmm. When I first came into business, I thought the objective was to spend the least amount of money as possible on marketing, right? I thought marketing is an expense or advertising mm. is an expense, and so I'm gonna try to spend the least amount of money that I possibly can to build my business. Not realizing that that is the complete antithesis, it's the complete opposite of what of the way the biggest, fastest growing direct response companies uh, mm. are growing and have grown and, uh, and so on. The single most scalable way to acquire customers is through paid traffic. Right. When you can pay for the acquisition of a customer, sky's the limit. Right. So when you can go out into the market and pay for the acquisition of a buyer, uh, yeah. you've got this leverage because then you can just go out and do it over and over and over. And the opportunity for you to buy media, for you to buy traffic is gargantuan. It's bigger today than it's ever been. And it'll only continue to get bigger as more and more platforms, traffic and, and so on. The thing to really understand at the root of your question is this. Number one is that we are in the business of investing into the acquisition of assets. We're investors as entrepreneurs. We are investing in the acquisition of assets. Those assets are customers. Those assets have a value today right? The, what, what is it that they spend with us when they become a customer, yeah. right? What we typically refer to as average order value in this world, average order value. Average order value is the average amount of money that a customer spends with you when they go through your entire marketing campaign, right? That's day zero. When you turn a prospect into a buyer, right? There is an average amount of money that's average order value. But then there's also a future value of that asset, that customer, what yeah. we call lifetime value, lifetime customer value. And that lifetime customer value is the amount of money that the average customer spends with you over the life of their patronage with your company or your brand. Um, And so we, we know over time, as your company matures, you'll know your metrics. Like the biggest, fastest growing direct response companies, they have They track everything, they track all their marketing, and they know their metrics. So they know their average order value and they know their lifetime customer value. So when you know what a customer is worth today, let's just call it for argument's sake, $100. Mm. The average customer spends $100 with you when they go through your campaign. Some spend less, some spend more, but it's an average indirect response. We use averages of $100. And then let's say we know that those people go on to on average over the first year, spend an additional 500. So a total of 600, right? hundred on day zero and another yeah. 500 throughout the course of the year. Well, when we take a perspective, the perspective of being an investor, and we look at that and we say, well, that's an asset. There's a value today of hundred dollars. And then there's a future value of another 500. Mm-hmm. So based on that, what is it that I'm willing to spend to acquire a customer? What is it that I'm willing to spend to acquire a customer? And you have to understand that the business that is able and willing to spend more will be able to acquire more customers, right? The business yeah. that is able to spend the most to acquire a customer, all else being equal, is going to win. If you can only spend $50 to acquire a customer and I can spend $200, you're done. You're done. <laughs> game because over. what I can. Yeah. yeah, it's game over because what I can do— Right is far more than what you can do. I can send people to their house, I send them gifts, I can do all <laughs> kinds of crazy things, right? Where yeah. you can't. And so I'm gonna yeah. have the ability to acquire customers that you're that you're not gonna have. Mm. So knowing, right, knowing that we're investors, we're investing in the acquisition of assets, those assets are customers. In this example, customers have a hundred dollar value to us today, and then another five hundred over the course of the year, how much are we willing to spend? Well, if I said to you, right, and I do this everywhere I speak, whether it's a podcast or live events. I always say, okay, in that example, would you give me 50 bucks to to acquire a customer? Would you spend 50 bucks to acquire a customer? Of course you would, because you spend 50, that customer spends 100 with you today. Now you're positive, you're up $50, right? And then they go on to spend another 500 with you, of course. Okay, but would you spend 100 bucks today to get that customer? Well, why wouldn't you spend 100 bucks today? You spend 100 bucks they pay you back, you know, you get a hundred bucks yeah. back, right? And now they go on to spend another 500 bucks with you. In that example, you spent $500 or invested, fi- uh, excuse me, invested a hundred dollars yeah. to get a customer that gives you a hundred dollars. You are at break even. You've just acquired an asset, a customer for free that then goes on to spend another 500 bucks with you. Why wouldn't mm-hmm. you do that? Right? That's break even. The yeah. next level, though, is well, would you spend. 150 bucks today yeah. Yeah. to get a customer that spends a hundred with you today, meaning now, right, you've you've gone out of your pocket fifty dollars to get a new customer, but that customer goes on to spend another five hundred bucks with you over the year, right? If you know your metrics mm-hmm. and you've got the cash flow to float, you have a mature business, well then sure, tons and tons of tremendous companies, fast-growing companies. Do that when you think like an investor, and you realize that your your customers are assets that have a value today and a future value. It should radically impact what you're willing to spend to acquire that asset.
1: Yeah, I- incredible. And you know, I, I, I wow. want to take this. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. That wow. That that was me walking the dogs last night, listening to that one episode. Am I in yeah, insane, right? Because it's a lot of things that we talked with a lot of you know businesses that are you know on the front mm. end. They're like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm losing money. Not really. If you sell a membership, a gym membership, right? this member is going to stay at least six months with you, you okay. could. St- technically spend so much more money and and yeah. I, I and I want to like take this as our action point because we've had so many like good nuggets like yeah. what you know just how to come up with that big idea that was action point we leave our audience uh, always with with these action points this I think is so much valuable like with with the, with the paid and, and the change of you knowing your metrics and and acting as an investor I think is yeah is an amazing of, that change of perp- perspective, perspective I love it yeah. Yeah, and, yeah and we've been touching on perspective lately a lot <laughs> which is yeah. awesome so you know, talk, we, you know we, we, we talk about this on the show, obviously, you know, content is related and, and you see content in a very unique way as far as like the big idea, the the, the paid traffic. Right. And, and we want to help our audience, you know, encourage them to show them like th- this is the right path. You know, either there's publishing is either investing one dollar to to move their audience up and see what are, what are the new messages and how can I test them out? So we want to ask you this question like 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 where will you be right now if you did not publish?
2: I don't even know, man. I really don't. I, God only knows. I, I don't, I don't even know. I mean, <laughs> I have very little skills. Honestly, this is no joke, man. Right? Like I, I was, first of all, I was a terrible student in high school. It took me six years to get a four year college degree. Um, I, I can do very little. I, I don't, I have no idea uh, to be honest with you. It'd be a cluster. I I, I I have no idea. Yeah. It'd be a disaster. Who knows? Well, thank you. Yeah.
1: I I hope this serves as a motivation to everybody because obviously, yeah, (laughs) that's
2: no joke. man. like, there are a lot of people that, you know, like, you know, there are a lot of people that invent all kinds of crazy stories for their marketing. I like no joke. I almost (laughs) didn't graduate high school. I did not bring a book home. My aim in high school was never to bring a book home. (laughs) I just did not want to carry a book home. Um, and you know, and then I ended up, I, 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 I couldn't get accepted to any college. So I had to go to community college for two years. And then I was able to transfer, uh, to a four-year college. And then it, again, it took me six years. And, and the point, the point is like what we started off together talking about, like, this is a learned skill. Mm-hmm. You can learn it. I didn't learn it in college. I didn't go to college for marketing or business or entrepreneur, none of that. And so you've got to be willing to learn and act, learn yeah. and take an act, act, take action on what it is that the value of learning is only extracted in the action, in the implementation. And you can't be afraid to fail, whatever that means. You can't be afraid to do something wrong. You certainly can't be afraid of, you know, what people think, right? Like that is yeah. one of those things, man, I, I wish I could go back way back to, you know, 20 years ago and, and tell myself like, who cares, man? what these people think at the end of the day, who cares yeah. live for your dream, man, like go for implement sh- share. That's how you're going to grow. I look back at some of the original info information products. I did some of the original marketing I did years ago. It's a, a horror show, a horror <laughs> show. In per- It's a cluster, man. Like, and remember I'm going back like almost 20 years. So I've got stuff offline, like I've got (laughs) skets and cassette tapes and oh my God, cluster. But you know what? That's how you grow. Yes. That's how you learn. That's how you evolve. That's how you get better. You don't get better at golf by watching videos and listening to golf instruction. You do it by getting out there and being willing to say, you know what? If others have done it, I can do it. If I stay at it long enough and take action.
1: Uh, thank you so much that thank was so incredible uh, we really appreciate you and your time yeah it, it was and i mean we're gonna have to go back and re-watch this thing like three times oh, because yeah. we normally take these notes here but i was like i'm I'm just gonna enjoy the moment and i'm gonna you know capture as much as i can because this was an amazing opportunity so thank you todd so much uh yeah, Fonse, you have any I'm, last thoughts here
0: honestly i'm like beyond words and and so grateful for you taking your time to be here i really appreciate it and honestly everybody that's watching and listening uh this was a real treat on so yeah. go back let me, can and I listen say, to can it again? i say
2: one thing i want to say one i want to say two things actually yeah. and then i'm gonna i'm gonna jump and let you guys wrap up oh, no, and yeah. so first thing is this there's so much in this space there's so much um you know this person's a guru and this person's an expert and right and and um and man that's nonsense it really is like at the end of the day like you know what there are like you guys can go on to be tremendous and like and and incredible and don't look at you know the only difference between me and you is that I've just done this for so long right 99% of the gurus that I the gurus that <laughs> I know that I'm friends with that today are normal like misfits and goofballs and right like off camera I'm a knucklehead my wife's yelling at me my kids are <laughs> like what are you doing dad like <laughs> And the point is, um, the point is just recognize that, uh, like, don't buy into, you know, this image of like, be you Mm -hmm. and be the best you that you possibly can be and know that that is, don't, you know, don't get caught up in this whole, uh, this whole guru thing. The second thing that I was going to say is this, and I mean it, you'll, you know, if you, if you haven't gotten this from me already, uh, know this. I don't say anything that I don't mean. I'm not here to pander to anybody, to the marketplace, to yeah. podcast, to none of that. Right. I'm going to say this. I think you guys are going to be big. I think Thank you're me. the way you've hosted this podcast, man. This is, I think you guys are going to be big. I Thank really you. do. I think you guys Thank are going to be awesome. And I think if you just keep at it, um, man, I, I'm going to come back on here one day and I'm going to be like, remember when little me <laughs> came on your show at the beginning and now you haven't forgotten the little guy, and so keep it up. You guys are doing amazing. I can't wait to see what the future holds. Oh, for. thank you, man. we'll def- world.
1: Yeah, we're gonna definitely visit. Just so you know, where, where your your classes and your masterminds, your masterminds and everything is, there, yeah. is like right there in the target. So uh, we're definitely gonna come visit. And thank you so much for those amazing words. And yeah. guys, like he might have said it to us because he's looking at us, but also to the audience. Like if you're sitting on that spot, that if you're struggling to to start to publish. This is what we did and, and look, I mean, even like 60 days, Todd has been doing it for, for, for 20 years or so, yeah. but it's incredible, right? It's consistency and frequency. Stay there, test your yeah. message, come up with that big idea and keep on going. So with that being said, Todd, where can we find you? Where can the audience connect with you?
2: Um, So if you're interested in the book, which is just a few bucks, you can go to bigmarketingideabook.com. Uh, you can also check me out on Instagram. I think it's Instagram, uh, slash Todd Brown, Instagram.com slash T O D D B R O W N. Um, those are the best spots.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That's how fun's it, you know, go, go to all of (laughs) you. That's how I got a hold of you. Then I got a hold of the book
0: and I haven't looked back since. Yep.
1: (laughs) Awesome, guys. Well, with that being said, thank you so much for tuning into the Contents Profit Podcast. Hit smash that subscribe button, and we'll see you We'll Connect with us also on social media at bizrosco. That's right, guys. And
0: if you found this episode impactful, please don't forget to share it with others. And don't forget to leave a five-star review. See ya. See ya.